This is Miller's Edge on Tide Edge with Christian Miller, two-time national champion and team captain for the Alabama Crimson Tide and former Carolina Panther and his father, Corey Miller, the pastor of pain, a nine-year NFL veteran with the New York Giants and University of South Carolina Hall of Famer. This is the Miller's Edge. Edge on the Tide 100.9, 1230WTBC, the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Hope you're doing well. It is pre-Thanksgiving day, and I know a lot of you are, or maybe got the turkey, fried turkey, baked turkey, ham, collards, mac and cheese, dressing, you're preparing, you're you're doing every prepping, you're getting all your stuff ready to rock and roll even on today or tomorrow. Well, you know. We're going to be doing a little bit of that as well. Everybody's going to be eating, probably sitting, overindulging, but that's okay. I think the Lord will give us grace. (laughs) 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 The Lord will give us grace on this uh, thankful day, Thanksgiving, uh, tomorrow, I should say. We all have so much to be thankful for. We'll get into some of that. What are you thankful for? You know, it's a typical question on Sports Talk Radio, right? What What are you thankful for as a Crimson Tide fan? What do you want to give thanks for on this day? We'll take your calls, 205-342-9904. Also, you can go to that free app. We ask you every day to download it. And you can put what are you thankful for on that app. So we got many ways uh, so you can reach out and touch us right here on The Miller's Edge. Corey Miller, Pastor Payne, Christian Miller, and Noah Haynes, who's behind the glass producing the program. Uh, we got rush around the SEC as we do every single Wednesday. We'll take a look, take a little peek at what's happening around the conference. Of course, everything is set and done as far as the championship game, but a lot of rival games within the conference and playing outside the conference. We'll talk about some of those games uh, as well. Stephen M. Smith will join us at 11:20, and uh, we'll talk with him as the tie gets ready to take a trip down to Plains. Jordan Hare Stadium down in Auburn, Alabama. So we'll get his thoughts and comments on that. And of course, um, we'll rock and roll. And then again tomorrow and Friday, no show. But you can catch Christian and I on the uh, pregame show. We'll get you ready for kick uh, for Auburn and Alabama, the Iron Bowl. That's happening 2.30. CBS. CBS. The final SEC, guys. CBS as we know it. So that would be the last game. So uh, we could talk some about that. Have you uh, even thought about that, Christian? Have you thought about, you know, this popular man, SEC and CBS, that relationship over the years has been wonderful. 
Gary Danielson, those guys have done an outstanding job. Uh, so they'll play their final one with those guys on CBS on Saturday on the Plains at Auburn. Well, happy pre-Thanksgiving Day, boys. How you doing? Doing well. I'm, I'm gearing up for all this food I'm about to be eating, so I'm excited about that. I love... Well, you just uh, worked out? You just went to work out and make sure you lose some calories so you can you, you refill? <laughs> Love that gobbler no, uh, noise, Noah. Um, no, I, actually, I didn't work out yet. I'm going to do it after the show. Um, I was running behind, so I was like, you know what? I'm not going to push it. I'm not going to push it. I, I don't want to feel like I'm rushing, so I want to do it when I leave the studio. But uh, I definitely will get my workout in. But, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to all this food. Uh, definitely enjoy Thanksgiving. Uh, always a, a nice time and uh, get together with, with friends and family. So really thankful for that opportunity. But, um yeah, no, nah, I mean, other than that, I'm looking forward to the game this weekend. Definitely excited about it. Iron Bowl week's always exciting. You know, outside of the Iron Bowl, though, you know, obviously the, the uh, playoff rankings were announced last night. Uh, I guess nothing really new for Alabama there. Uh, shocker. Nope. <laughs> All right, you know, staying put at eight. Texas still at seven. Uh, Oregon at six. I guess Florida State. We did have been, a move, though. Yeah, we, we did have a move. Finally, we got a little something, right? You know, Florida State was jumped by Washington, which I think – um, I guess it makes sense, right? You know, they're both undefeated, but, you know, Florida State was struggling against North Alabama. They, their quarterback, Jordan Travis, is now out for the remainder of the season with that ankle injury, um, which they did mention that that is in, in, into consideration. So Washington made the jump there, um, but, you, like, you're right. You know, there's still, you know, Ohio State, Michigan this weekend. They've got to play each other. Everything's still got to work out. So with that being said, um, no shocker, really, uh, with the new rankings, but – Hopefully, there will be some movement after, number one, after this weekend. Number two, definitely after the following weekend. And that's really when it matters, right? Um, and it, it, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Hopefully, it's in Alabama's favor. Um, I'll be honest. I, I, I know you still feel so strong-minded about Alabama if they win out, that yeah. they're in it for sure. I, I definitely hope that's the case. It's just this committee, man. They, they, I don't know why. I, just, I got a weird feeling about this committee. I really no. do. But, well, but but you're right, though. I mean, and, and I was going to tell you this. You're 100% right when you say, oh, look, if, if Alabama beats Georgia, the number one team, in two weeks, it would make zero sense for them not to be in. I know we talk about this a lot, but it really is intriguing to me because I, I, I'm just trying to wrap my head around how they make these decisions, and I'll get into it a little bit more in a second. But how can a team with one loss beat the number one team in the country and not be a top-four team? You see what I mean? Like, so I'm with you. I don't see how you keep them out of it. But then I also look at, you know, you look at Oregon and they don't even have a ranked win, right? They have no ranked wins on the season and they're in front of, um, and they all, but they have one loss, but they're in front of both Texas and Alabama. Alabama has three ranked wins on the season. Alabama's only losses to number seven, Texas, right? So how does that work? How is Oregon ahead of Texas and Alabama. I just don't understand how the committee really does this. Now, I told you, those O's matter to them. You realize all the O's are still up there, right? They're not They're not really going off eye tests. They're not going to be O's after uh, this week. I get that, but I'm weekend. just saying, I told you, they, 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 they put that so high up there, right? I mean, like Florida State, right? I would not have Florida State even as high as five right now. But because they've got that O still, they, they're going to have them up there. But with that being said, man, I just, I don't know, man. This committee, I just, I don't I'm not feeling them, man. I'm, I'm just not. I just I don't I don't know the logic. I don't understand it. I mean, would, would you agree? Like, would don't you think Oregon should be further back, right? 
the yeah, numbers. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, yeah, I mean, listen, they are using eye tests with Oregon more than anything. I think we all can agree that Oregon might be playing with Alabama the best football right now, in my opinion. Uh, they look really good. Bo Nix is right there. He's one or two. Uh, if I was had a, a Heisman vote, he'd probably be two behind Jaden Daniels. But yep. listen, they're playing some really good football, right? But when you look at this whole thing, okay, again, there's going to be movement. Michigan-Ohio State plays high noon uh, on Saturday. You know, Washington's going to have to play Oregon again. The championship, Pac-12 championship, that's going to happen. There is going to be, remember I said this week, chaos is going to happen. It's going to start this week, and it's going to happen championship week. So these next two weeks, it's been pretty much, guys, status quo, right? It's been status quo. No movement. Alabama stuck in the mud, kind of like Texas A&M and Jimbo Fish. They're neutral. <laughs> Don't look like they're going anywhere, right? They have these magnificent wins the last month. The offense is excelling. Defense playing lights out. But they're not moving. It's like nobody in that committee is paying attention to little old Alabama. But it's okay because they're going to have their moment. They just got to handle their business on Saturday, get to Atlanta next week, and then they put the world on notice that the tide is back. That's all they have to do because, as you said, and as I've been saying, there is absolutely no way Alabama goes and beats Georgia and not be in the Final Four because that is your number one team and everybody is bloviating and got them puffed up about the Georgia Bulldogs, puffed up about Brock Byers, puffed up, right? And if you go knock down now, it's college football giant and Alabama goes and knock them off their high horse, guess what's going to happen? Alabama, in my opinion, people don't think I'm crazy, they beat Georgia. In my mind, they can go from eight all the way up to highest two. Mm. And think, and that determines what happens with these other games. Alabama could go from eight. It might be the biggest move ever. If, if Oregon beats Washington, Washington out, Florida State's going to lose. They're not going to win that backup quarterback. They, they, they might lose this week against the Gators. And they definitely, I think, will lose to, to, to Louisville and Charlotte. They're going to lose the game. They're going bye-bye. No ACC's out. So now you might have an opportunity. So that happens, Right. Washington, Oregon beats Washington. Florida State loses. Michigan, Ohio State, who knows how that's going to play out. Ryan Day is, is on the hot seat when it comes, which is crazy to say, because he hasn't beaten Michigan. He's beat, beat everybody else. When it comes to Michigan, he's struggled. So whatever comes out the Big Ten, now you're going to have in the play, maybe Georgia and Alabama gets in the mix. So what I'm saying to you is this. Sit back relax and enjoy the flight. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this next two weeks of craziness because every single year it fails to disappoint. It's going to happen. There's going to be a shakeup. So I know we can sit and say how Alabama needs to be ahead of Texas. It's not even going to come down to that. And Texas, by the way, could lose to Oklahoma too. I mean, so in, in, in the Big 12. So there's going to be some stuff, guys, that's going to happen. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the chaotic uh, college football finals because they're going to be tremendous in my opinion. So I'm not too much worried. Alabama still controls their own destiny despite what people are saying because they're looking at them, not moving each and every week. They haven't 
uh, outstanding, really great wins, impressive wins, and nobody's paying attention. But all you got to do is take down Goliath, right? Be little ruddy, red-headed David in this situation. All you need is a few smooth stones and a slingshot and say, we're coming into the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, <laughs> and we're going to knock you out. We're going to have your head as David told Goliath. I'm going to feed your head to the foul. And, and so do that's all any, you got to do. Do you have any thoughts on what Greg McElroy said regarding any of this? I ain't worried about no Greg McElroy. I know, you're, I know, not, not, I know, I know what he probably said no, about the well, whole can Texas I just, thing. Can I just read it? He just said, Texas okay. beat Alabama. The results have to matter. We have to respect the results. If the committee were to create a precedent by putting Alabama in over Texas, that would be doing the college football world a disservice. It would. You have to acknowledge the regular season, and by putting Alabama ahead of Texas, you'd be saying the regular season does not matter, and that's not a precedent you want to set. So I, I read what he said. Yeah, I, okay, I, I I've heard what he said, but here's my point. Listen, I, I think it would matter more if it was at the end of the season. You can't judge a team in week two. I, I just don't think so. I think these teams have gone in, in different directions, even though Texas won, but they won really ugly. They didn't, haven't looked impressive at all. So my, my, my point to all this stuff is, do you want the best four teams? Right? The best four. I want the best four. I don't want the most deserving. I Give me the best four teams in college football and say, go play. And right now, as you said, we know Florida State is not a top four team. We've been seeing that they were undefeated, but come on, man. Oregon really, did, you know, as you said, they're playing great football, but really, or they, I mean, use you, eye test has to matter at this point. And I understand the strength of record and strength of, I get all of that. But my point is, because they beat Alabama week two in Alabama and your mind it just seems like it has to like one and one has has to equal two in this position right because they beat Alabama but the reality is is right it, 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 right now is Texas a better team than Alabama no then to me that's should make sense but it doesn't make sense to people because they're going to look at it and say well well, they beat Alabama in week two. We all know, everybody in America knows it's not the same Alabama team. This is a much improved football team that's playing great football right now, that has great wins right now. Right. Well, How can you, and then if they go beat Georgia, I don't give a flipping rip. What What about week two? Well, but here, and the other thing too is, uh, just kind of responding to what Greg was saying was, I mean, last season, he does, I don't know if he remembers or not, but Alabama still was ranked ahead of Tennessee even though they lost to Tennessee, right? Same schedules uh, or same record, right? But they still were ranked ahead of Tennessee. So it's not like this is unprecedented if they did have Alabama over Texas after losing to them. They've done it before. It's not like it would, you know, ruin this, you know, uh, you know the precedent in college football. But the other thing, um, just adding to that, is when, when you look at um, – how this is playing out for Alabama after falling to Texas, do you think this is going to now discourage teams and, and basically say, hey, what's the point of, of booking these, you know, bigger, you know, opponents early on in the season if we're going to be basically punished, right? 
um, for that early early loss. I mean, because a lot of people just assume, all right, you know, book these big games. Right. If you lose early enough, it shouldn't matter as long as you went out and do what you need to do. But now we're seeing Alabama be punished for. I guess it, I guess my my I'm question is, I would not is, schedule no hard team. Well, well it's not going to matter anymore early. anyway because they're about to expand the playoffs. Right. So I guess you got to take that into consideration. But now, if I was a team, I would look at this and be like, well, damn. I, I don't. I don't. If I'm Alabama or a big school, I don't want to book any any other big teams anymore because look how we're being treated right now. Absolutely. For having Absolutely. the courage to schedule a decent opponent and actually play a good game. So yeah, I'm, I don't know. This whole thing right. is a mess. Well, we can get into that. I love to hear what the fans think about that. The callers, the listeners, give us a call 205-342-9904. Free app. Speaking of free app, Noah, the great reading Noah Haynes. We got a message from Chris. Noah Haynes. Oh, I think. What we got? No, yeah, you ready, Noah? I think he was about to go to break. <laughs> he thought we were going to break because it, it's 11 19. I mean, we'll we go, got we'll Steven, go. but yeah, we can go ahead and get the question. Yeah, I want to hear what pulled up. Wait, we can't hear you, Noah. Yes, it's from Chris. He says, uh, Have a great Thanksgiving to everyone. Uh, he says, I wish Texas loses Friday along with Oregon and Washington and Louisville. Then Bama beats Georgia, Iowa beats Ohio State next week, and Oregon beats Washington to give us two SEC teams in the playoffs. There you go. Dang. That's what I was saying. Chaos is going to happen, Chris. It's going to be nuts. I think Kentucky, who's on a losing streak right now, they're playing Louisville. We'll get to our restaurant the SEC and talk about it, but that can happen. These things that Chris just mentioned can happen. May, all of it may not happen, but I guarantee you some of it is going to happen. Well, let's step away. Let's take a time. Happy Thanksgiving coming up to at, uh, you, Chris, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Happy Thanksgiving, brother. Thank you so much. Stephen M. Smith is going to help us sort some of this madness out as well in his own words. He's coming up next. This is the Miller's Edge. We're going to tie 100.9, 12.30 a.m. WTBC. We'll be back. We're sponsored by good friends at the Good Feet Store, America's Art support experts. Time out. Stephen M. Smith coming up next. Right here in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. As respected industry leaders, we are here working hard for you in an effort to provide you with excellence in sports medicine, excellence in research and education, and excellence in sports injury prevention. We are here for you, aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A partly sunny sky today, the high this afternoon around 54. Clear tonight, the low 36. Thanksgiving Day tomorrow, partly to mostly sunny, the high 57. And Friday, a mix of sun and clouds with a high at 59. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 52 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Welcome back to the Middle's Edge on the Tide, 100.9, 12.30 a.m. WTBC. Whoop! There he is. Who you talking about, boy? I'm talking about my man Stephen M. Smith at Coaching. M. Smith, senior reporter for Alabama Football. Vip, 
at Touchdown Alabama Magazine. In his own words, the Bama Standard. Whoop, there he is. Whoop, there he is. Welcome to the program, sir. Happy Thanksgiving. Glad to have you. I know we changed the day on a hump day, but glad you can join us. My man, Stephen M. is familiar, not madness. Welcome in, brother. Doing good, guys. Happy Thanksgiving Eve to the both of you, Christian and Corey. I know that y'all got the uh, table spread for tomorrow. I'm not even going to ask what's all on the menu because I know between the both of you two, it's a massive spread going on. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> we're going to be in different parts of the country this time. I'm here in Houston, Texas. Christian going to be in Titletown. You know, they're going to have a spread down there probably with Jamie and all the fam. They're going to be doing their thing. But listen, man, we're going to eat, brother. We're going to have a day of Thanksgiving. Turkey, ham, dressing, mac and cheese, you name it, some boudin. We're going to have it all, bro. So uh, I know you're going to have your spread, too. I'm going to go ahead and pray for all of us. Lord, forgive us for we have sinned or we are going to sin because all of us, I'm sure, is going to overindulge. So, um... I, I went ahead and put that on, on the prayer list for us, so we're good. Right. Well, pa well, Pastor, I appreciate you already <laughs> consulting with Jesus on that for me. Amen, man. We got you. All right, let's get right into it, man. We've been talking about uh, the reveal last night. Again, Bama sits at number eight, stuck in the mud uh, like the Aggies of Texas A&M. But listen, I tell the folks, no need to fear because it's going to work out if they just keep winning. And they got Georgia, the giant right now of college football. And if they knock them out, they, in my opinion, there's no way this committee, with that fresh on their brain, in their minds, seeing Alabama beat Georgia, that they can hold them out. It doesn't matter what Texas does. And if we want to make that comparison, I don't think it's going to come down to that because I think there's going to be more chaos. What say you? I, 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 feel like, I feel like chaos is right there, guys, on the horizon. I look at just a week ago, we saw Iowa State almost closely deal with Texas and take them out of the picture. But then this week, they have to go down to Texas Tech. They got to go down to Lubbock, and that is a wild place to play at. So my eyes will be on that game. But if you look at it, a loss earlier in the season is better than one later in the season. You don't want to lose, period. But we, we can all profoundly say this. This is not the same Alabama team that lost to Texas in week two. Jalen Milrow knows who he is. Tommy mm -hmm. Reed coaching confidently. Uh, the wow. offensive line found itself. And then, of course, mm -hmm. so defensively, Kevin Steele's playing. Out, he's coaching outstanding ball. So this yes, is not sir. the same Bama team. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm you, brother. <laughs> That's what we've been saying, Stephen. I mean, that week two team is a totally different team uh, than they are right now. But when you look at this and, and how it's played out for Alabama, in terms of scheduling the Texas football team early on in the year, unfortunately suffering that loss, do you think this is now going to uh, discourage other football teams or bigger programs from from scheduling other big programs uh, because they're seeing how it's played out for Alabama this season? It, it, it could play a role in that, Christian, but at the same time, it's kind of a catch-22 because it, even if you are scared to do so, if you schedule you know, a lesser tier opponent to start the season, are you really challenging yourself? Because at the very end, you're going to get the challenge. And uh, if you lose at the end because of the challenge, that hurts you also. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a catch 22 as much as you want to maybe have the early, the easier teams early to, you know, pad your stats and, and get you those tune up games and early at some point you're going to face tough competition. So would you rather face a tough competition early and get it out of the way to really figure out who you are? 
and what you are as a program, or do you want to play the easy teams early and kind of giving yourself fool's gold? And by the time you play a tough team, you realize, oh, we are not what we thought we were. Yeah, that's a slippery slope, I, I, I would guess. Uh, but, you know, listen, I would say not play those types of games early. Maybe you don't play them at all. Heck, you know, let people say, oh, they, they're scheduled this week. Look at Georgia. First six weeks of the season, everybody was talking about how weak their schedule was. And now you got other teams in the SEC that's ranked. You know, they went and beat Tennessee. They beat Missouri, who's number nine. They beat Ole Miss, who was a top ten team at the time. Then people, oh, and they blew them out. They're for real. And Georgia hadn't played anybody really hard out of conference. So they sitting here at number one. So my thing would be don't schedule, especially now the way it's going. Don't don't schedule those games. Just play your, your SEC schedule. It's going to turn out uh, being good enough. Stephen Smith, as I guess, in his own words, I got to transition now to the Iron Bowl. I said this week that everybody was a little bit too happy about the loss of, of Auburn to New Mexico State. Not just the loss, but the loss by three touchdowns. I get it. You look at it and you go, there's no way in Hades Alabama could lose or should lose. And I agree, but we know strange things happen on the Plains. So when you look at this matchup, what do you expect? You know Hugh Freeze is going to have this team ready to play spoiler for Alabama uh, come Saturday. Hugh Freeze is going to have this team set to play, guys. But I look at it also like this. There are three coaches on the Alabama staff that were once in Auburn. When you look at Kevin Steele, the defensive coordinator, uh, Travaris Robinson, the secondary coach, and I believe Alabama's got a GA on its defensive staff, Gary Walker, who was once in Auburn as well. And I know the players have been joking those three guys a lot, but they know the system at Auburn. They know the personnel. Uh, they know the scheme. So these three individuals have had a little bit of an extra fire under them coaching the guys this week. I know that Hugh Freeze is one of a handful of coaches that has beaten Coach Saban twice you know, during his time there at Ole Miss. But at the same time, uh, I look at Kevin Steele, Travaris Robinson, and Gary Walker from a GA perspective they're going to have Alabama set to play as well. And uh, Malachi Moore said it, said it the best this week after beating Chattanooga. He did not even take on the 24-hour rule. He immediately went back to his place and started breaking down Auburn tape. So th 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 this squad right here is ready for this weekend. Steven, it seems like something has kind of just shifted in this team. We talked earlier about, you know, the, the week two loss of Texas and how it's an entirely different team. What do you think – is the the driving force of that shift right i mean do you think it's uh the loss itself to texas that that kind of shifted this mindset do you think it's uh the i don't even want to call it disrespect but everybody kind of writing this football team off do you think the players and coaches were hearing that and that kind of motivated them or do you think it just was a collection of all these things because um i, I think a lot you know of the success that they're having right now is contributed to this mindset shift the, the the mindset of this team it went from looking like they were out there trying to figure themselves out trying to survive and now they're putting their foot on the gas and they look confident you hear them in the media they're they're talking and speaking much more confident right what do you think was the reason for this shift do you think it was a loss do you think it was uh, the media disrespect what, what was it Christian, it was a combination of, of all of that. Because you, you think about this, coming into the season, what was the conversation, right? It was, this team has no more Bryce Young. How are they going to do it without that uberly five-star talented quarterback? Jalen Milrow's not Bryce Young. Oh, no, Will Anderson's gone. Who does Alabama have as that, as that gladiator to lead this defense? They don't have that guy. So from the offseason, this team was overlooked. 
up in the offseason, this team was kind of written off. Up in the offseason, the conversation was, what's Nick Saban thinking? You have all of these hot shot names that could be your offensive and defensive coordinator, but he goes out there and gets Tommy Reese and Kevin Steele. What's Nick Saban thinking? So all of the offseason chatter, the, com- the combination of the disrespect from the media, the, the, the disrespect of we don't know what this team is, and then, of course, the week two loss to Texas, it, it all kind of fueled this bunch. And before the season started, you had Jalen Milrow and uh, on Arnold come up with, with an acronym that's basically a uh, pattern this season, the acronym being LANK, let a naysayer know. Who, who knew? Let all naysayers know. So who knew a simple acronym took this team from a week two loss to Texas to have it sitting playing for an SEC championship next week uh, against Georgia. So it's been a combination of everything. M. Smith, in his own words, a TD, Alabama Magazine, join us right now. Looking at this matchup, one of the concerns I do have is the defense inability as of the last couple of times this year, of course, it was Jaden Daines of LSU. We've seen, seen them last year struggle against a bad Auburn team in the run game. Do you feel like they've solidified that after watching Jaden Daines kind of slice them up in the first half? We know what happened last year with 200 yards rushing, I believe, for the Auburn Tigers. Can this defense figure out a way to control that? Because I don't think Auburn's good enough to, to pass the football. The offensive line is bad, and we know Alabama should get some sacks. But can they run the football and muddy up the game and, and control the clock and have a chance in the fourth quarter? They're, go- they're going to try to, Corey and Christian, but, but I, think, I think the biggest keys here in this game for Alabama's run defense, Tim Keenan in the middle of that defensive line nose tackle. This has got to be a monster game for him, a, a Birmingham native. Uh, he talked about it this week in his media interview that he grew up a huge diehard Alabama fan, and the only reason why, you know, he looks at this game as kind of his chance to uh, make an impact is he remembers the 2013 Iron Bowl where the kick six happened, and his older sister that normally doesn't get mad at a lot of stuff, he witnessed her become very angry <laughs> after that Iron Bowl loss. So Tim Keenan's like, I got to make this right. So he, he has a chance here as a person that has grown up and has developed and has progressed beautifully uh, to make this right in this Iron Bowl from the nose tackle perspective, stopping that run, him along with Justin Aboigby, uh, Jaheim Otis. It's going to be on Freddie Roach and this defensive line to win those one-on-one battles early, uh, take the crowd out of the game early, and set Auburn up in third and long early and often in this game. So the defensive line, it maintains gap discipline led by uh, T.M. Keenan in the middle of all of that. It's going to be able to stop this run. Steven, I know you've been involved in the Iron Bowl for quite some time. Probably grew up watching it since you, you know, as far back as you can remember. Do you have a favorite Iron Bowl memory for us? Uh, so I, I actually I actually have two. So um, my favorite two, the one number one would be the two, the 2009 one where I'm watching this final drive unfold with Greg McElroy, uh, 12, seven, 17 plays, 79 yards, and it's like death by a thousand cuts for Auburn. But I'm just like Greg, don't screw it up. Greg, please don't screw it up. Greg, don't screw this up. And Greg finds a way to hit one up church there for the touchdown, and I'm just jumping for joy there. And then 
Uh, the second one was actually, uh, I was actually at this game two years ago at Jordan Hare 2021. And I'm just sitting there and the score is 10 3. Uh, I'm in the press box. I have a bottle of Sprite in my hand. And I think I just had a prayer in my mind going, Lord, help me to get out of Jordan Hare alive. Just get, just get me out of here alive, man. And I'm watching Bryce Young smile. And I'm like, holy goodness, this kid's smiling. Something good about to happen. And after I watch him smile, I'm looking at Bryce Young do the unthinkable, takes us down the field 97 yards in 12 plays, finds Ja'Cory Brooks for a touchdown. It goes into four overtimes. You win 24-22. And I'm just like, Jesus, I'm going to make it home. <laughs> I'm going to actually make it home from Jordan Head. This is a great day to, to be me right now. <laughs> those, those, those are the two memories I take to heart. The 0-9-1 where I'm looking at Greg like G-Mac one time. Don't mess this up when he doesn't do it. And of course, uh, Bryce Young uh, uh, making my Sprite prayer come to life by winning that in Jordan Hare. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that was a good one uh, right there. The Lord answers prayer, brother. I thought you were going to say having like a bourbon or something in your hand, but you said Sprite. That's that's probably better. You know, <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Stephen M. Smith, you can get him on X, by the way, at Coaching M. Smith, senior reporter for Alabama football via at TD Alabama Magazine. He is a UA alum, Fred Belipikov, voter, host of his own, in his own words, and you can get that at In My Own Words, T-D-A. And also on the podcast, The Bama Standard. The Bama Standard. Stephen M., man, listen, sincerely, thanks, brother. Love you, man. We appreciate all the hard work. We're thankful for you and your dedication to the Tide and reporting. And I know you and your family are going to have a wonderful, blessed day. Just really, you know, don't eat too much, man, because we need you to bounce back Friday and Saturday because it's going to be a wonderful weekend. Absolutely, guys. I, I will do my best, but uh, knowing me, I intend on making sure that my, my clock is back right Friday and Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I know you'll be ready, ready to rock and roll. It's going to be a fun, fun weekend. <clears throat> Another Iron Bowl, and then next week, <laughs> oh Lord, I'm getting excited right now about next week, man. I can't control myself, but I know got to be where our feet are, as Christian says and Coach said. But blessings to you, my brother, and I pray uh, uh, blessings over you and your family, and I uh, know, you, know you have a great, great weekend. Absolutely. Corey, you and Christian, y'all take care, and you guys enjoy the Thanksgiving, the football, and all that come with it. Yes, Amen. Sir. We appreciate you, brother. Take care, man. All right. There's Stephen M. Smith, our great friend, TD Alabama Magazine, in his own words, the Bama Standard. Does a great job of reporting. Catch all this stuff right there. We're going to have a break. When we come back, we'll rush around the SEC. We'll look at some games beginning tomorrow, the Egg Bowl. We'll talk about that and all the other SEC teams. And we'll take your phone calls. What are you thankful for? Love to hear from you. Right here on the phone lines, 205-342-9904 or on that app, Tide 100.9. You can leave it right there. Quick timeout. Back in a moment, right on the Tide. 100.9, AM WTBC. It is Corey Miller and the Pastor Payne. Christian Miller, the Deacon of Destruction, will be back. Built to win. Touchdown, Alabama! Built for championships. Throws intercepted, Alabama! Built by Bama. Alabama is still Alabama. 
Join us Saturday as the Crimson Tide battle Auburn in the 88 Iron Bowl in the season finale. Our coverage begins at 11.30 on your home for Alabama football. Brought to you by Birmingham Racecourse. BirminghamRacecourse.com. You can be a winner, too. Hey, it's Christian. This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9. And we're back. We're going to rush around the SEC. Let's get with it because there's a lot of really good games happening uh, here this weekend and starting on Tomorrow, Christian Miller, the SEC and Rivalry Week. So let's kick it, Noah. Let's start tomorrow. We got Ole Miss and Mississippi State, Christian. Ole Miss 9-2, and two. Mississippi State 5-6. and six. They call it the Egg Bowl. I think we both think Lane Kiffin is going to finish out a really, really nice year. Nine, he'd be 10-2, and two, but if he won, that, won this game against Mississippi State, another great year by Ole Miss. Yeah, and is that back-to-back 10-win seasons for him? Something like that, or at least close to it. So, yeah, I think he's definitely going to – you know, Mississippi State, obviously, they're they're not having the greatest year just fired their head coach. Unfortunate for him, he wasn't there very long. But, yeah, I think Lane Kiffin's going to take care of business. But another solid year for Lane. I mean, and we talked about it before. I just, I just don't really know – I mean, would you say that's kind of their peak? You know, Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin, just kind of, you know, these 10-win seasons, just given their schedule. I guess – actually, excuse me, they're shifting the schedules now. There's no more East and West, so – Maybe they'll have a better shot. Uh, but I, I want to say, are they scheduled to play Alabama? I have to look at the, the updated schedule. But maybe, maybe they'll finally catch a break. But I know the way it was lined up with them in the West, then facing Georgia every year, unfortunately, I feel like 10 wins was pretty much their peak. Yeah, and you think about it, the only losses to Alabama and Georgia, 1-7 and seven in the country. We'll keep it rolling as we rush around the SEC. How about Missouri-Arkansas? Again, everybody thought Sam Pittman may have been fired not so they're going to retain him they're going to keep him at arkansas so we pick they take on the tigers one of my favorite teams and i got missouri winning this one though missouri will have a 10 win season how about that they rank at number nine and they are a good football team man you think about a 12 team playoff they will be right there missouri the tigers i like Missouri in this one. Yeah, I definitely like them too. But it, it is interesting seeing Missouri up there. I feel like <laughs> you know, they kind of they were kind of not a laughing stock, but they you know what I mean. They just weren't ever really respected. But now they, they they've got a lot of respect. Like you said, going to be a top ten finish for them as long as they take care of business. And if, if it was a twelve team playoff, they would be in it. So I think that's one of the things that goes to show you you know how NIL can help with recruiting. Right? I'm pretty sure if I'm not mistaken, uh, Missouri. I think they locked down the maybe like the top recruit for 24 or 25, something like that. Yeah. So they're, they're doing a good job there, Missouri. Yep, we'll go fast here as we rush around the SEC. Florida State undefeated. No, no Jordan in this ball game. He's out with a lower leg injury. Uh, taking on the Florida Gators. Man, this is going to be interesting. Florida Gators 5-6. and six. They need this game to become bowl eligible. I'm going upset in this one. I am going Billy Napier and the Gators. They will chomp on the Seminoles of Florida State. I'm going to swing the other way. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Florida State on this one. I know Jordan Travis is out of there, but just Florida's just been they've been disappointing me. So I'm going to stick with Florida State in this one. South Carolina and Clemson, my team, my state, 
It's always a wonderful rivalry. At South Carolina at night, 7.30, it's going to be loud. Sandstorm is going to be bumping. They had the guy, Darude, who wrote Sandstorm in the stadium last week. It was crazy. It's going to be another crazy one. Clemson 7-4. I think they snuck in the polls this week. Back in it at 24. But the Gamecocks of South Carolina will become bowl eligible on Saturday night. And the party will be going on down in Columbia, South Carolina. Gamecocks win. Yeah, I'm going to go with Clemson. I hate to do that to you. It's hard to everybody in South Carolina is listening as Gamecock fan. Yeah. But... It's not hating. It's just, look, Clemson's finally starting to hit their stride a little bit. They struggled early on in the year, but they're playing a little bit better now. I, I, I see them going and, and getting the job done in, in uh, Williams-Brice. The Wildcats of Kentucky, I talked about a little bit earlier, lost to South Carolina last week on a losing streak, taking on Louisville, who's 10-1 in the ACC. They'll take on Florida State in the ACC championship. I'm going Kentucky. I'm going SEC again, beating the ACC. You said Louisville? I'm going to go with Louisville on this one, man. I, I hate to go against SEC, but I'm going to go with Louisville. Well, here's the one within the conference, A&M, LSU. LSU number 14, Jaden Daniels, in my opinion, should be the Heisman winner. A&M, no Jimbo Fisher. They're 7-4. and four. They got a chance to win eight after firing their coach and giving him $76.8 million. Mm, that's crazy to say. I'm going <laughs> LSU, though, in this one. Yeah, hey, I'll take LSU. I like Jaden Daniels in that team. Vanderbilt, Tennessee, that's an easy one. Vanderbilt, 2-9. The Vols struggling, still ranked 21. I think they pick up the eighth win. I'm taking Tennessee in this ballgame. Yeah, I'll go with Tennessee. Georgia, Georgia Tech, the number one team in the country. Georgia Tech's bowl eligible at 6-5, but no upset against that. Georgia Tech down in hot Atlanta, but I'm taking the Bulldogs. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, our final game as we rush around the SEC. And then we're going rapid fire to the phone lines. Bama, Auburn. As I said earlier, Bama need this game just to stay in the playoff picture. They're already going to play for the SEC Championship. It's not going to bother that. But Bama, I think, is going to roll big. I got them winning something like 38-17. Yeah, I don't have my score ready, but I definitely think it's going to be at least a two-score game. I think we get go down to the Plains. Going to be a little bit tough, a little bit tricky here and there at times, but I think we end up pulling away, taking care of business, and uh, handing Auburn that beatdown that they need and deserve. All right. That's our rush around the SEC here on a Wednesday on the Miller's Edge. We do it every week as we peek around other teams within the conference where it just means more, the SEC. All right, Noah, let's transition because we got about 10 minutes, nine minutes left in the show. To the phone lines, 205-342-9904 is the number. Let's go to Dallas. I'm in Houston, just right down the road with a couple hours in Dallas, Texas, where everybody, I ain't going to say nothing bad about Dallas Cowboys fans, but maybe they are delusional. Jared in Dallas, welcome in. <laughs> well, first of all, I'm not a Cowboy fan, so you don't have to, you don't have to worry about that. No, no, no Cowboy fans here. I don't um, know that. So, no, um, so uh, you know, did you guys hear, I just want to get the did you hear what Herbie said last night? It was the most incredible thing I've heard. I turned it off. I turned off the CFP show after he said it because I was just like, that's it. I can't, I can't take this anymore. Did you guys hear what he said? He said, I think Oregon has been a better team than Alabama, even though they haven't played the same competition. I'd probably give Oregon the edge. I read that. that. I read it on Twitter. On national television. On national television, I looked at my, my wife was like, "Are you going to be okay?" And I just turned it off. <laughs> I just turned it off. 
<laughs> and walked away from the TV because I couldn't believe, and I just realized at that point, you know, I'm not going to get wound up about this. We just take care of business this weekend and take care of Georgia and then watch the world burn down if they don't put it. That's going to happen. It's going to happen. I'm That's with you on that one. Anyway, everybody's trying to figure this out. Yeah, they, they're talking about Bama, but like, as again, uh, uh, I said again, beat the number one team in the country. You, they go back into that meeting room. Listen, they got so much love about Georgia and the chest stuck out, bloviating all the time about the Bulldogs. Now what? So that's all Alabama has to do. Win, go take care of business, come out of that game healthy, and go down to Atlanta where Nick Saban does not lose in that Mercedes-Benz zone. Maybe because he owns several Mercedes, or a couple Mercedes-Benz dealerships, whatever it may be, Alabama will get the respect that they need. Yeah, yeah. Hey, one quick iron ball story for you guys, your father-son, so you might, might appreciate this. So my old man played for the Colts back when they were in Baltimore, and he and Ray Perkins were best buddies. Very, very good. The Perkins were like family to us. So I grew up huge Bama fans. And the Iron Bowl when Van Tiffin made the kick, uh, Pop was in the living room watching it. And I was in my bedroom with one of my buddies watching it. And, um, of course, we're all kind of wound up. And that kick clears the goalpost. And just instinctively, I jumped up. I, I don't know how old I was, 12, maybe 13 the most, 11. I jumped up, took off running for the living room to get to him and he was already up running toward me down the hallway and we ran right into each other. Man, he was six five, two twenty, and he knocked me about ten feet down the hallway and we just laughed and jumped and screamed and hollered. But I, I you know, it's a it's a bad fun moment I remember forever. Because it was Ray and you know, he was like family and they won. But anyways you guys are bad I know you guys have had moments like that anymore. It was a good time. Yes. Never forever. So that's one of the best chest bumps ever right there. You and your father, man. That's awesome. It was. It was. Awesome. It was. Hey, you guys have a happy Thanksgiving. I enjoy the show, guys. I really do. Dad, thank you so much for listening to us in Dallas. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Many blessings, my friend. Thank you. There he goes, Jeff. Oh, we got. Okay, here we go. Let's keep it rolling, Noah. John on the line, so let's talk to John. John, you're up next. You're on the Miller's Edge. Good morning. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Happy, happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, John. My, my question is for Christian, and you, if you've covered this already, I, I apologize, but I know Coach Saban um, on Thanksgiving allowed the uh, guys who are within two hours um, to go home and eat with their families. And I know with uh, you, Christian, you were uh, from out of state. I was curious about who you ate with during your time at Alabama. And secondly, I would, I'd be interested also to know how your perspective of the Iron Bowl kind of changed during your four years um, on the capstone. Oh man, that's a really good question. Yeah, it it, it varied um, each year. Different coaches. I mean, really, I mean, every position coach typically holds Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, or at least like you know, they hold it for their group of guys that they want to come, or even other guys can go to other houses. So, I mean, for instance, you know, I was outside linebacker Tosh Lapoy was my coach. I'd go over there uh, for Thanksgiving and, and do it with him. But if I wanted to go and, and do it at you know uh, Coach Pruitt's house or anybody, you can always do that. They're, you know, the coaches are so generous and, and welcoming to any of the players. So it was always. Uh, very fun, uh, you know, going to you know different coaches' house or just you know ce- not celebrating, but you know getting together with your teammates and kind of t- taking a you know, step away from football, so to speak, and having a little bit more of a you know family type atmosphere with each other and just kind of cutting up, laughing, and enjoying each other's presence. So it was always really fun. And I was grateful for that, given you know especially majority of the team is from uh, out of state. So and John, what was the second question that you you said? How has my perspective changed over the yeah, years? Yeah, like. 
Yes, sir. When you're uh, when you first got here, from the time you got here as a freshman until when you graduated, how did your perspective of the Iron Bowl change, or was it about what you expected? You know, when, when you came on the football team. Yeah, you know, honestly, I mean, I would say it's it's really kind of been, you know, when I came here, I I looked at it similarly to Carolina Clemson. I know people, I know the Iron Bowl is definitely a very significant game, uh, but just growing up in Columbia, South Carolina, right in Carolina's backyard, uh, you know, our, our state and our fans treat it the same way. Um, and so I kind of viewed it like that. And then I guess uh, the more I, the more Iron Bowls I played in, the longer I was here in the state of Alabama, I, I realized uh, just truly how massive this game really is. Um, I probably would say it is a little bit ahead of the Carolina Clemson. I don't even know. Is it called the Palmetto Bowl? I don't know if we actually call that or just some people call that. But yeah, Palmetto Bowl. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, I would probably rank it a little bit above that for sure. But that's probably how it's changed. I mean, it, it, I wouldn't say it, tra- it changed drastically. I, I knew the significance uh, of the game, but I guess the more I participated in it and have been around it, I realized, I mean, people really take this thing serious. Like, I mean, I pretty sure there's people that really severed ties with family members <laughs> over this game, yeah. over this rivalry. So, um, you know, I think it's awesome for college football, especially given, you know, just, just I mean, this, this is what college football is all about. And um, I love being a part of it. I love all the charity uh, events and things that go on around this time as well. I think, I think people can use this game and this rivalry uh, for so many other things other than just football. So I love that everything included now obviously when people take it a little bit too far <laughs> i gotta draw yeah. a line but uh i'll be honest man it's been such a pleasure and an honor to be a part of it playing and now covering it um you know it's, it's def- definitely one of the the biggest rivalries in football period and I, I enjoy every bit of it well my mother-in-law is from south carolina she's an alabama fan but her family are big gamecock fans so yeah, yeah. i understand the hatred <laughs> there as well <laughs> that's right yeah it's, it's tough yeah, it's all right. It's good. We just don't have that the winning guys. like Evan. Thank you, brother. Yes, sir. That Thank uh, you, Auburn and um, Alabama has. Real quick, I'm going to give Jeff 20 seconds. Jeff, 20 seconds, go. Well, uh, I would have more time, but uh, South Carolina's going to get beat this weekend. And the last caller, that's the stupidest question I ever. Oh, my God. <laughs> have a good day. Thanks, Jeff. I, I, I mean, I thought it was a good question. That's a great question. Jeff in Tennessee. So thanks, John. But real quick, I want to tell everybody, happy holidays, happy Thanksgiving. Make sure you guys uh, enjoy it, appreciate it, and, and show gratitude for all your, your loved ones, your family that, that, that you have out there. And I uh, just want to say thank you to everybody uh, that are supporters of this show that, that listen to us. You know, I'm extremely grateful for you guys. You make this, this whole thing possible for me and my dad to do this show. Uh, so I want to give my thanks to you guys, as well as all our sponsors and, and partners, Buffalo's Cafe, Alumni. I haul good feet, uh, you know, Andrew Sports, Medicine, Spine and Sport, the Cutting Zone, R&R cigars. R&R cigars. I mean, we could go on, but thank you so much for everybody uh, that, that put this together and make it all possible because we enjoy doing this and uh, it, it's because of you guys that we can. So thank you so yep. much and hope everybody has a happy and safe Thanksgiving and happy holidays. Finally, we want to say thank you once again. Uh, echo, ditto, whatever that word is that you use. Thank you so much. Noah, thank you, brother. We're thankful for you and all the hard work that you do, not just for us, for all the shows. Have a great day. Enjoy your family. Enjoy each other. It's very special, special, special. So make sure you tell them you love them. God bless you. Have a great Thanksgiving, everybody. You've been listening to the Miller's Edge, tackling sports daily. Are you tired of your shoes?